Hello, everyone, and welcome to Comedy Girl Crush. I'm Kitty Dawson. I'm Nikki Urban. And our guest this week is Ashley Hairston. Ashley is the voice of Basque in Marvel's Avengers Assemble, Black Panther's Quest on Disney XD, and plays Ren in Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network, which she also writes for. In 2018, she wrote and performed in the acclaimed CBS Diversity Sketch Comedy Showcase, and you can see her perform regularly at UCB Los Angeles. Hello, Ashley! Hi! Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. So where are you from? I'm from Seattle, Washington. And how long did you live there? I lived there until uh, high school. Uh, well, I was born and raised in Bellevue, Washington, and then I went to school, uh, college in Washington, D.C., and I lived there for like almost nine years. <laughs> oh, wow. So that was like my second home. Yeah, I stayed after I graduated. What'd you do in D.C. Bit. after you graduated? <laughs> <laughs> I was like a bartender for a while. I just stayed and like worked, and I had a best friend who lived in New York, And so I was like, oh, I'll just start my acting career. So I started working at a casting agency after I graduated. And I would like go to New York to go and visit her and like do like background work and (laughs) put myself in things. And like just like it was like a $15, $20 bus ride three hours later and you're in New York City from D.C. So I was like going all the time, like going back and forth and just like, yeah, I was working at a casting agency. Then I started bartending and that is what was the distraction and I ended up like like making a ton of money and then wasting a lot of money (laughs) pretending that I was doing real acting things being in industrials and like (laughs) background stuff uh yeah and then that was it and then I moved here in 2012 I was like, I got to get it together. But really, I was going to move to New York. That was the whole like big dream. My whole big dream was like to move to New York City and do theater. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And that did not work out. When did it switch for you? It switched when I moved to L.A. um, because like the whole goal was to like do some theater. And then people were always like, oh, you know, do theater. If you want to do theater, do it first because L.A. will call you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that was like a thing, but it was like, just go to New York, do theater, go on Broadway. And then L.A. will call you when you make it big in New York City. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And then I tried to move to New York for two summers, uh, and it didn't. It was like chewing me up and spitting me back out. It was so hard, um, like just finding a job, finding apartments. Like you just back then, even which I'm sure it's like even more crazy now. But like they wanted like you know first month's rent, last month's rent, deposit, security, uh, broker's fee, like all this stuff, and then you're like looking at all these awful apartments and like (laughs) you're like well I could work as a server but even the restaurant business there is like so competitive it was just very difficult uh, yeah to break in there and I tried for two summers and then second time I was like okay I'm gonna do it and I had three people friends and we were looking for four bedroom apartments which that was insane also and ended up not working out but I had told my job in DC at the time I was like oh I'm moving to New York and so I gave them my two weeks notice and we were our apartment lease was up (laughs) and I was like I gotta move there this just has to work because otherwise I have nothing and 
it didn't work. We got an apartment and then the guy like gave it away at the very last minute. And back then we were like trying to all ask our parents to wire us money because it was like they were asking for so much money. And we were all like, we don't have it. Of course, we don't have that right now. Like, can you help us out? And I remember it was just like such a crazy time in life. And then I was like homeless for a little bit in D.C. (laughs) Not homeless. Like couch surfing. But like couch surfing. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have a job. And then my sister ended up like having to bring me, she got me a job where she worked at Aveda. (laughs) That was like her part-time job. I started working there and then moved in with my sister. She she saved my life back then, I guess, huh? Looking back. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. That's super awesome. Yeah. And then I... The next summer came and I was like, all right, I guess I'll move to L.A. Or like I'll look at apartments. And I didn't know anyone here. And I only knew one girl. And I reached out to her and I was like, are you looking for a roommate? And she was like, actually, my lease is up. I am. And I was like, okay. And we looked on Craigslist, found an apartment. The guy was like, yeah, you could take it. Sure. Like, just send me a whatever security deposit. And it's yours. And sent it via Western Union. And then I was like moving the next month. (laughs) to LA and then I was like I guess I'm doing TV and film now it's like the universe was pointing at you and saying come on now yeah look how easy this was Uh, it was so easy and then I've never done theater since like (laughs) I haven't done one bit of theater (laughs) yeah it's funny how you can like be beating your head against the wall to Mm -hmm. make something happen and then something else comes along and it's just like easy and it just presents itself to you and this is so clear transition ever yeah yeah it was crazy and I loved my apartment it was like right in the heart of Hollywood literally one block from IO West so that was like the first theater I literally went to IO the next day after I moved and I but just walking by and then I was with my best friend and she was like oh comedy classes you should check in and see what they've got in there and I was like okay so we walked in and it was open we went in the training center and we were asking all about it and then like signed up for a free intro to improv hour-long class and that was the very first thing I'd ever done. Who was the teacher of that? Do you remember? Was it uh, Dave Hill? It might have been. I think I took that class too when I like first moved yeah. here. Where it was like, it was, it was like in a, my first two weeks or something. Yep, and I was like, yeah. yes, this is what I'm oh, doing Oh man, I wonder who it was. I think it might have been Dave Hill. Generic, attractive white dude. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I know Dave. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm trying to picture the face. But that's so you didn't have any training prior to that. I had done like two classes at Washington Improv Theater in D.C., which it's not a huge thing there. But like that's the one improv theater. And I'd like taken two classes there. But before that, no, no improv stuff. And it was just like totally by chance because you lived close to I.O. that you walked by. That's amazing. I know. And literally ended up directing the course of my whole Los Angeles career, I would say. Do you feel like when you found IO and you found like comedy, mm-hmm. do you feel like that was it for you? Were like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. You had like an aha moment, yeah, for lack of a better term. Well, so I went to a school at Howard University in Washington D.C., and this is like where Felicia Rashad and like Debbie Allen went to school, yeah. <laughs> like these big, amazing, incredible, theatrical, dramatic actresses, you know, uh, came from that 
fine arts program and I was a theater arts acting major. And so that was like sort of what we had been going after, like that kind of, that's like the kind of, you know, acting I wanted to do is like big dramatic acting and stuff. And so like our classes were like rolling on the floor and just like crying and discovering our emotion, tapping into our ancestors and all of that kind of stuff, which was all amazing. But I always like kind of uh, felt like, uh, there was like another part of me or another side of me that like I wasn't allowed to explore at that theater. I was also very shy and nervous in college and like very quiet and I didn't do any plays like at all. I can't the whole picture four years. you like shy. I never auditioned for one Whoa. play. I didn't do any of that. I just did like stuff in classes and stuff. And so then when I got to uh, IO, I was like, oh, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm I'm an insane person. <laughs> and I'm a silly, goofy, like wacky person. I have this weird personality and voice. And no wonder I didn't feel like all the way, you know, it, Howard like complete me in a different way. And then Los Angeles and comedy and all of that just really like sort of filled in the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you do a lot of voiceover work. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of discover that and fall into that? People, when I got here, they always were like, oh, you have a unique voice. You have a great voice. And I'd be like, oh, I've always hated my voice. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the other part of me. So grew up in a very uh, white neighborhood. My dad is a pastor of a church, all black, in Seattle, Washington, in the south end of Seattle. So very two very different lifestyles uh, by day, by night sort of thing. (laughs) To give you an example, I had uh, two screen names growing up for AOL. One was Acton Ash 17, and that was for my white friends at school. And then I would switch to Crystal Light 7, and that was like for (laughs) all my my black friends and like people in Seattle. And literally I would like go online and switch back and forth and like talk, 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 chat, chat, chat all the time. Um, But so yeah, yeah, so when I was like Crystal Light 7, I would always get, you sound white, or you talk like a white girl, or you talk, you know, like yeah. the, that kind of stuff. And so I've always kind of internalized that and like hated my voice, hated the sound of it. But also people here too are just like, oh, you have an interesting quality to your voice. Like, a you know, sounds like childlike or something. But so anyway, so I was like, ah, okay, I don't know what this means. So I did, I took like two voiceover classes one animation VO class, and then I took a commercial VO class two years apart from each other and did those with like the hope to get obviously voiceover work. Um, And so once I did that, I like tried to submit to my agency who I was with for commercials. And they were like, oh, sorry, we um, we have someone who sounds like your voice already. Unfortunately, I don't think it's, you know, going to work. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Somebody told me to do this anyways. I'm. It's not like I have any interest in it, you know? Well, it wasn't your passion. It wasn't my passion at all. And especially after taking those classes, I was like, oh, this is a whole other world. And it's very competitive. And it seems like people who do voiceovers, I'll leave that for them, you know? So I was like, well, just leave that on the back burner for now because it's a lot and also you had to like pay for you know voiceover reels and they can get so expensive and I was like I don't have money for that I need new headshots (laughs) so I put that down for a little bit and then I was backstage at a show do you guys know Haley Mancini yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) she's the best 
she was working on Powerpuff Girls at the time, and we like kind of knew each other from IO sketch stuff. Um, but she, we were both backstage at UCB, um, and she was like, "Do you do voiceovers?" And I was like, "No, my voice is not specific or cool enough according to my, you know, agency." And she was like, uh, "You should be doing voiceovers." And I was like what? And she's like, I'm going to send you an audition. And I was like, okay. And so she sent me an audition and I like sent it in, didn't get it. Then from that, I think I told my manager. And so he submitted me or they submitted me. Someone sent, someone like sent me another audition for Disney. And I went and got a call back for it. And I was like, whoa, maybe this is a thing. And that was like my first real audition thing and then my manager at the time used uh that audition to submit me to agencies because he's he was like you just got a call back at disney for a pilot like that's cool (laughs) and i didn't realize that at the time and that was like my second audition i was like okay whatever and so (laughs) then he like submitted me to agencies and i went uh i had three meetings and then he sent me, sent it to the uh, agency that I was with also for commercials that I remember had submitted to two years before. And then they were like, let's take her. We want her now. Now that she got that sweet, sweet callback. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I feel like this industry is so much of like, we want you as soon as you prove yourself. Yeah. You have to prove your, like, you have to have someone in your corner to yeah. be able to prove yourself. I it's know. that vicious it's so cycle, annoying. right? Yeah. It's so, so annoying. I mean, yeah, it is. It's so bizarre. I'm going through it right now again with like other stuff. But yeah, it's very frustrating that that is the way it works a lot of times. So that's voiceover and that kind of ties into your theater training. But now as a comedian, as somebody who's like now venturing into comedy, Mm -hmm. uh, you had to figure out how to write, too. Oh, yeah. Were you a writer before? Did you ever write stuff or was it was this new to you? Uh, Writing was new to me. I've always enjoyed writing and I like and as a child, obviously, like we all write stories and but no, I never was like a writer person ever, not in college or anything. Yeah, writing started for me when I was at I.O. And I made a sketch team. And I was on that sketch team for like three years. But I wasn't even uh, writing until like the last year, maybe, I think. But that's where I just started like writing sketches. And they were all terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You are so good at writing for yourself. Yeah, I remember your sketches from the diversity showcase. Like like when you say you're an insane person, (laughs) she she did this sketch where it was like, 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 you know, those Chevy commercials where it's like, well, we brought in totally normal, random, regular people to like talk about this car, but they're all actors. Uh-huh. The sketch was that like Ashley was like a regular person who was really just like a Cow character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, uh, Sugar Thunderfoot. What's Sugar her name? <laughs> Sugar, she talked like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I did this showcase before the CBS Diversity Showcase. I was in uh, this like NBC showcase that was like a smaller version of 
CBS showcase. On the first day of that, they were like, all right, everybody, we're going to write blackout sketches. Like, write black. Let's think of 10 blackout sketches. And I didn't know what that was. Oh. I didn't know. I had no, I was like, I don't know what a blackout sketch is. What does that even mean? And now looking back, I remember all the ones that I presented were like very long, just like they didn't make sense at all. They were like these long <laughs> story. Um, yeah, that was fun. But so I didn't know. And then I struggled during that showcase and I, I like didn't understand anything that was happening. So the but like then I did the classes at UCB and then I got to the CBS showcase and was like night and day. The transformation. I was like, whoa. This is amazing that like two years later and now I have a very clear point of view of and I know like myself and I know what's funny and I know what I'm capable of doing and like, yeah, so much easier <laughs> than it was, yeah. it was so fun to watch. I loved all of your sketches. Hey, they were just thanks, always Katie. it was like reliably Ashley's sketch is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. And it's like I feel like I grown even more like since then and I wrote for the showcase this last year yeah as well, that's right yeah um as just a writer which I had to learn okay now you're not writing for yourself you're writing for towards other people's like um strengths you know and so that was also a learning experience for me and it was so fun and I loved that a lot and I feel like it made my pilot writing and like just like writing for my sketch groups outside of UCB, like so much stronger also. Yeah, it's all just keep growing. Learning to write for other people is kind of a game changer. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I never understood why people were always like writing is rewriting. I remember that time in my life where I was like, I no, what I wrote is what I wrote. And that's the perfect Mm. version of what I imagined. And now this Ashley is like, oh, writing. Yeah. You're literally just rewriting nonstop just to get, you know, you never know what it's just. Yeah. You just have to keep doing it, especially when writing for other people, too. Yeah. And then sketch, I feel like with most sketch stuff, it's like you're writing it and rewriting it until it goes up. Right. Mm -hmm. Like rewriting it in rehearsals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because then now you're like watching and listening. You're like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That didn't land the way I thought it would. That didn't land the way. Yeah. What are some of your challenges? What are some of my challenges? Mm. LA is hard, folks. <laughs> it is very difficult and it's a mind uh I don't know how, what kind of words you can say on here. But oh, you can say any it's words twisted. You want. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um just dealing with your day-to-day Uh, self and care is important. There's a lot of things that you have to manage on your own. (laughs) I would say just that aspect is very tough. Just like, am I going to have health insurance next month? You know, like that kind of stuff. And like, am I going to be able to pay a rent? Okay, well, you know, if I don't book this job, then I can't pay rent. And if I can't pay rent, then I can't be a person 
in life. <laughs> uh, and if I'm not a person in life, uh, you know, or I can't, I don't have confidence because I can't take care of like the things I need to take care of. Yeah. And then if I don't have confidence, I can't go into a room and, you know, convince people to like being around me. <laughs> yeah, and truly, if I can't do yeah. that, then like, what am I even doing? You know, it's kind of unexpected for me anyway, the way how much like how I'm doing in my life affects how I do in an audition room. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we don't even sometimes realize it until you like are on the other side or like get out of it or like finally are, you know, getting positive results. And you're like, oh, it all makes sense now because I was walking in that room, a depressed pile of garbage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not feeling like I, like I belong there you know yeah mean? like all that yeah. stuff depression guys that's what I'm getting at depression <laughs> is real I suffer from it and like it's very inhibiting and that's probably my biggest challenge just keeping that you know keeping that in check yeah because there's so many things you have to do it's like you can't just be like well, I'm going to take this med and go to therapy. It's like you have to mm-hmm. take care of your diet and your exercise uh, and exactly. like all of these things that are like, oh, yeah. when you have a very, just very basic life, sometimes that can be pretty easy to keep in check. But uh-huh. then, and then on top of it, having to have like a social media presence yeah. because you're a public figure, yeah. it's like having to stay on top of everything and all these people's feelings. And now you have all these acquaintances exactly. and then they're calling you friend. Yeah. And you have to be like, okay, you're my friend. So now I have to care about oh you. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> if I don't care about you, you won't care about me. Yeah. And we all need to be caring caring about each other aka boosting each other right. going to each other's things. going to each other's things yeah. and supporting and cheering each other on because that you know yeah it's that's the fake part of it but it's not really I mean, it's necessary and it's like the annoying part but it's also good too because then like later on in life you know i don't know this place is just weird man (laughs) you're like who is everybody are these people are these friendships real like just navigating all of that i don't know is is bizarre well i'll give you a curveball question then Mm. i noticed uh on the internet, yeah, I'm a big fan of French fries. Oh, I too like French is fries. This <laughs> what's out on the internet? All the sites. <laughs> no, I in That's my like fun. researching of you, I was like I saw in several different places. Oh. Where you were like, I love French fries, and I was like, yes, me too. High five! All right, yeah, uh, favorite French fry. Ooh, like. Place or style or like, what do you mean? The all of the above. Okay. Um, okay. So my favorite French fry. I got to figure out what, if there's a term for this fry. I have a picture on my phone of it. Um, but they're basically like um, skin on potato and, mm. and they're cooked and they're like. Is it uh, wedges? No, not wedges. Mm-hmm. They're like um, very golden brown, almost mm dark brown on the edges um and they're like crispy on the edges and soft kind of wi- wiggly looking you know in the middle oh. um <laughs> uh, but they're I, thinly sliced yeah they're thinly sliced oh, okay and they're like golden brown oh. i gotta figure out what the term for i think it's probably just like skin on 
potato, like thin sliced potato, not like shoestring thin. Right. But those are my favorite, like lightly salted. Where did like, they? Where? Uh, where can one find French fries like that? Um, do you know Hugo's Tacos? Ooh, oh, like those fries. Hugo's, okay. Yeah, Hugo's yeah. Tacos in Atwater Village. Um, it's a little taco hut, and it's so good. And they have vegan ice cream, and it's so yummy. Um, but that kind of fry there is what I love. Uh, but my favorite fries in Los Angeles are at Jay's Bar um, oh. in Silver Lake. Yeah, you should try those. Those aren't the skin on, um, but they're just like thin. potato deliciousness. They're <laughs> so good. They're like the thickest fries I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Love a thick fry. Uh, yeah. I but do in, love a thick fry. In terms of like style too, I love a crinkly cut fry. Love a curly fry. So fun. Yeah. Those are probably like my favorite styles. Currently, mm-hmm. because this changes as we go throughout our careers, currently what are you most proud of in your career? Oh, in my career. Okay, in my um okay. <laughs> in my career, I would say that I am most proud of my writing. Before I would have said the voiceover stuff because that was just like something that I didn't know anything about and, and like have gone into that field and enjoyed it and gotten better at it and stuff and book things and like one show that I was on was nominated for NAACP award and I like got to go to the award show and that was like so incredible and amazing and like it was marvel like I uh, that was very very exciting so that is one thing career-wise but writing now is my current thing I'm most proud of I think because I just started writing for uh, Craig of the Creek it's a show on Cartoon Network and I once again had I've never don't have any animated writing experience and like when they like emailed to see if I was available to like come in and sit in on some rooms I was like they were like tell us your animation background and like animation writing experience and uh, we need to send this stuff to the guild so that they know and I was like uh, zero experience, <laughs> never written on a show, no. I like, yeah, and they were like, okay. And I thought they were going to be like, oh, this isn't for you. But then they brought me in. And so I've been there for a couple months now. Very and cool. this is my first, like, real writing job. And uh, I'm having a great time, still learning every day. But each day I go, <laughs> I wake up, I listen to my... <laughs> Uh, morning rampage literally I'm one of those women that like has to you know listen and repeat things back and forth it's like this YouTube video it's 15 minutes long and I listen to it in the shower and while I'm getting uh, ready but it basically sets my day for me so that I can go into this office and like be (laughs) you know um that confidence confidence exactly like i belong here feeling yeah and i found myself literally like manifesting things in my car i'll be like oh someone's gonna tell you you're so funny today or like someone's gonna compliment you on your presence in the room today i'll be (laughs) this is so sad but i'll do that and then someone will say that to me literally so you like are tapped into the secret I am. Yeah, I am. And it's helping me. It is really helping me. Uh, So, yeah. So I am most proud of that right now. Just like getting in it. I I suffered a lot from like 
confidence and like believing in myself, you know, and I'm doing it. Yes. Congratulations. I know, right? That's amazing. Thanks, guys. Were you, you were a voice before you were writing on it? Uh, Yes, I was a voice before. You were the voice of Ren. Ren, yeah. Pretty cool scientist. She's a scientist and I love her so much. Yeah, she's great. So yeah, I was voicing her and then I think that somebody, so like I got that job because I posted on Facebook that I was looking for writing opportunities because in a moment where I was like why am I not you know working like why am I not I have all this experience now and like I should be I I should be I had to tell myself that I am capable of you know being in these rooms and contributing ideas and stuff because before I would think that everyone else around me was more qualified but um this was a moment of just like me realizing uh and I was like no it should be so I like posted about it on Facebook and I think someone who I'm friends with who works on the show or like you know somewhere along the way they like must have passed because I don't know where else it would have come from and like I just got a random email that was like you we heard you're looking for writing jobs would you like to come in and I was like yes of course and then when I got in the room, it's like a super small room. It's the two creators, um, one head writer, two storyboard artists, and two writers. And so I get to like pitch ideas and pitch for my character that I have on the show. And like, it's just so perfect. That's so inspiring because I feel like getting to that point where you feel confident enough in your abilities to say like, I should be working. Mm -hmm. I deserve to be working. I want a job and like put that out there and ask for it. I think letting people know you want something is hard, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a vulnerable place I had to yeah. Yeah. And to like <laughs> post about it and just kind of put it out there yeah. and hope that something comes of it. Like, it's really inspiring though. Cause like, get, I think I still have that thing where I'm like, what makes me think that I could, I should ask yeah. for an opportunity? Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm Getting constantly over that in my is... head thinking about, yeah, like what makes me, th- yeah, I don't, and I don't want people to think that I'm like brag, cause you know, like bragging about something or like, I don't want people to also be like, oh, you're just like trying to get work and it's like yeah I am trying to get work what's wrong with that (laughs) it's such a stupid thing that your mind tries to like play tricks on you and be like well like make up things that people would say even though people might say that but still like the what's like that doesn't even make sense for people to be upset about you wanting to get work Right. Yeah. And I think the people who are or might be are like just like feel underconfident in exactly. themselves, right? right? And they're yes. like, they don't feel like they can exactly. ask for it. So they're like mad that other people feel yes. confident. And that, I've and been do. that person before also. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where that thinking comes from. That's why you know from. that it happens, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. we've all, I think we've all been that small person yeah, who feels exactly. like, like, oh, well, yeah, I'm not good no, And you're the only person yeah. holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you do it and realize for yourself, then things start happening for you. <laughs> And you're not that negative person anymore. So that being said, do you have any mm-hmm. advice? Advice? Uh, for who? <laughs> About what? Uh, I would say longevity is important. You know, just sticking it through. <laughs> Even though it's so bizarre and so stupid, this whole business, and it's this city is bizarre also you know if you have something in your heart or in an idea or an idea in your heart or you can 
visualize what you want for yourself and for your life here, your career here. Just, I would say, keep going. (laughs) This is so cheesy and broad, but, but really though, like keep going. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, it's been so awesome to have you. Like, so inspiring. I feel like you've just, like, shared so much of your life with us. And thank you so much for doing that. Thanks so much for having me. This has been very fun. Well, this has been Comedy Girl Crush with special guest Ashley Hairston. I'm Kitty Dawson. I'm Nikki Urban. We'll see you next time.